Hello and welcome to the Millennial Minimalist Podcast. I am your host, Kelly Foss, and together with my co-host, Lauren Morley, our mission is to help you simplify your life and live with greater intention. Together, let's live more with less. Hi, everyone. A few weeks ago, we had asked you on Instagram and Facebook at Millennial Minimalist about your lifestyle goals and achievements. And today we are sharing part two of our Q&A discussion. We begin by sharing the rest of your responses to the question, what areas of access do you need help with? And we answer your questions about closet clutter, including how to manage maybe items, what to do with items you only wear one to five times a year, how to piece together outfits, and much more. Be inspired by our lifestyle tips and systems and be motivated to continue to manage the excess in your life. Okay, so last week we shared your responses to some of the questions that we asked on our Facebook and Instagram page at Millennial Minimalist. And those questions were, what have you recently let go of or minimized? As well as, what is one habit that you've adopted and maintained to help you live simply? And so we shared your responses and we also shared our own responses to your questions. Now today in part two, we are sharing our responses to two additional questions we asked, including what area of excess do you need help with? And do you have any questions about decluttering or organizing your closet? So last episode, Lauren, we ended up on expensive jewelry. We had a question about how do I manage this area of excess? So we'll go through the rest of these responses from our listeners. And before we go into it, I I wanted to just share a little story. Yeah, I want to hear it. (laughs) So we will be diving today into your questions about decluttering and organizing your closet. And Lauren and I, we actually went to a fun event hosted by Lauren's real estate company and also the same company that sponsors my run, which is really cool. And we took over the Rogers Center in Toronto. It's basically this huge baseball field. It's the Toronto baseball field. And Lauren shows up and we're wearing the exact same outfit. It was so funny. Yeah. And we were both messaging each other before. We're like, what are you going to wear? Oh, I don't know yet. Like, oh, see how the weather is. And then we just didn't really talk after that. And then we showed up in the same outfit. You know, what's really funny is, and also really great, is that this is the first time that someone's asked me, oh, what are you wearing? And I didn't feel anxious. Usually I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I have to make a decision. I already have so many outfits in my phone, right? Of all the pictures you took of me. So I'm like, oh, I know what I can choose. It's really helpful. I know. It's so nice to just scroll through them. Even yesterday I was, I went for a bike ride with my dad and I, Kelly and I both brought our dads to the events, which was so cute. But yeah, I got home and got ready and I'm like, what do you wear to like a work event that's in a baseball stadium? And I just quickly skimmed through my photos. I'm like, okay, jeans and a blazer. That's casual, but still professional. Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly what, and it was a daytime event. I was like, I'm not going to do black. I'm going to do some color, maybe a jean, but pairing it with a blazer to make it more professional. And yeah, I actually wasn't surprised. I actually told my dad, because we were both with our dads, I said, I bet Lauren looks like me today. I bet we have a very <laughs> similar outfit. And sure enough, like literally, I mean, a little bit of a different top, but it's the same thing. Jeans, white top, blazer. And usually we'd be in Converse, but we're both in our little heel. And uh, it's just funny because it it just reminds you that getting ready for events shouldn't be challenging. And once you love your wardrobe, and we'll go into this in this conversation today, gosh, it just just makes it so much easier. 
And, and having an understanding of what you own is just so much easier to make decisions every day. Yeah. And you can get ready so much faster because I was a bit rushed yesterday, just trying to get there on time. And, but it was nice to just, you know, do my makeup and put on something nice really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So let's dive in to the rest of the questions here. So we asked again, what area of excess do you need help with? And we left off on expensive jewelry. And today we're going to start with knickknacks, including decor and paper clutter. So thanks to the individual who submitted this to us. And I'll let you start, Lauren. When it comes to knickknacks, just don't have them. (laughs) That's my biggest advice. Uh, Paper clutter. What I do when the mail comes in, I go through it right away and I recycle anything I can get rid of. I file anything that needs to be filed. And if there's a bill, I log in to my banking app and I schedule the bill right then and there. I think sometimes it can take longer to write, oh, pay this bill on this date or add it to your calendar, or add it to your to-do list than it is banking nowadays. Everything's online. You can, so it's so much faster and easier. I do have a paper filer that I divide by work mm. personal and miscellaneous. And then on the end of the year, I pull everything out, divide it into three folders by the year. And I start fresh. So it just keeps everything organized. If I do need something, I know, was it a personal receipt? Was it a business receipt that I need? Was it in the miscellaneous category? Just something that was mailed I need to hold on to, like an insurance policy. And then when it comes to decor, I really think less is more. Like, you know, having something because I I think decor is beautiful, like having flowers and candles and but I don't think you need a ton of decor. Even my mom was saying she's like, oh, I want to get bookshelves built in around the TV. I'm like, mom, you're just going to have to buy all of this decor to put in there and then you're going to have to dust it all. And yeah, yeah, I think and being mindful of that, you know, you have to clean decor and you have to, it's just one more thing. You're going to have to dust and move to clean. So, you know, really finding the few pieces that fit inside a room and make the room nice to be in, but not having too much would be my biggest advice for those three things and get rid of the knickknacks are useless. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I see, I see knickknacks like things that you would find in our junk drawer, which you love to call the drunk drawer. It's a drawer full of junk. Why do we have it? We don't need it. If it's a drunk drawer, that means it's junk that we need to make decisions about. So when it comes to decor, I'll never forget the first time that you came to my apartment, Lauren, and you said, just get rid of these things or move these things away. And you just, I particularly had a bookshelf and you move things off it. And I was like, wow, I remember just thinking, oh my goodness, this looks so much better. And majority of those things were collecting dust because I was not dusting. And I came from a home that my mom loves her knickknacks. And just like you said, your mom would do. My mom has a whole compartment around the TV and she's filled every hole and you have to literally dust all of those things. Uh, and you know, we don't even usually look at those things. And how often do you have company that comes over and looks at those things? So it's just something to think about. For me, I love to decorate my home with little candles, fresh flowers, picture frames. For me, I like to have a few pictures of my family and my friends. So, and that's it. Now, when it comes to paper clutter, I work independently. You do as well, Lauren. So we collect a lot of receipts. 
but you don't have to collect physical receipts. You can use programs like QuickBooks and there's other programs out there where you can take pictures of things when you buy them, which makes it so much easier and lighter on you. But of course, sometimes there's these papers that maybe you get a pile of papers from the bank or something like that. And you don't feel like you want to take the time to take pictures of every paper, or maybe you need a physical copy of something. I personally have a binder where I keep all those papers, but in terms of my receipts, I have little bags that house all my receipts. And then I go and I take pictures of all of them before tax season. So that's what I do. I tried using the online apps. I haven't really attempted to use them. I maybe should check them out again. But uh, for now, I've just been collecting them and go through them around that that time of year. So I know my mom has a method. She's so great. She goes through her receipts every couple of weeks. So everything's super organized for the accountant by tax season. So yeah, so those are just a couple of tips. Paper can be really, really challenging, but uh, it's easy to take pictures of things. It saves a lot of room. Yeah. And sometimes with stuff from the bank or insurance policies, you can ask to be emailed it. So you can have a digital copy and then you can file it in a folder or just search it if you ever do need it. So it's always an option. And last thing with paper clutter, I think I've said this before on the podcast, but you can opt out of having being sent ads and advertisements. So I did that at my old place. Mike still gets them here. So I have to call for our address now. But it's just one last thing to have to throw in the recycling or go through. And it's nice to go down to the mailbox and just get the few pieces of mail that you have to deal with. Oh, Lauren, you need to send me that number because I am tired of all the coupons and just garbage mail that I get every week. So yeah, please send that to me. I will. (laughs) Awesome. Really, really good point. So the next response was digital clutter, especially email clutter. Now, my recommendation is to take it day by day. A little goes a long way. I am currently taking 20 minutes every day to go through my digital files right now. I have all these backup drives, which I mentioned, I believe, in a previous episode. So I'm going through that every day. Again, a little goes a long way every day. Now, in terms of email clutter... What I'm trying to do, and a few thought leaders in the space have inspired me to do, is check my email less. I like to check my email three times a day. That way, first of all, you feel less overwhelmed by email clutter. And second of all, I highly recommend you create folders. So fold those emails away. Sometimes, for example, I have a job where a lot of emails come in and a lot of them are not priority, but I know I need to get to them. And I will put them in a specific folder, meaning need to get to within the week. And I'll throw them all in there and I'll pile them all in there. And then I'll take a specific window of time to go through those emails. That way they're not all bunched together and I have to go all through them. So that's also a piece of advice that I have. And, you know, maybe you can become Lauren, try to get your inbox to zero every day by the end of the day. Makes it easier when you wake up in the morning to a fresh new email inbox, but that doesn't always work for all of us, of course. But uh, I'd love to hear your advice, Lauren. Yeah, I remember I was working at a sales office one time and the girl next to me looked over and she's like, your inbox, you only have one email. Yeah. (laughs) And it was my Gmail where some people have thousands of emails in their Gmail, which that you can imagine the anxiety I get when I see that. (laughs) Absolutely. And she's like, I I knew when I saw that, that you were like a very organized person, like a very calculated person. But yeah, I have folders where I divide or I organize all of my read and dealt with emails, everything from, you know, our podcast, real estate, receipts, you know, I have categories for everything. And 
then anything that's in my inbox is what needs to be dealt with. So if I need to like get information with someone or follow up with someone, that's in my inbox. It's essentially my like work to-do list. So I like to keep it down to exactly what I need to do as opposed to having thousands of emails. Oh, absolutely. Um, I find that I have folders, but I have folders under folders under folders. So I, and, and that's okay too. So, because I mean, I know you have like real estate in the podcast, but I have podcasts, 18 items that fall under there. Then I have, you know, the run, maybe 200 items that fall under there. And I think a lot of people are used to that, but yeah, if you fold them away, it'll, it's easier also to find emails as well. And I highly recommend going through your emails when other people are not working so that emails aren't coming in while you're, cause it will make you feel more satisfied because emails will not be coming in while you're going through and decluttering your email inbox. Oh, for sure. And unsubscribe. People mm. are subscribed to so many things. Even a lot of times you're you're at the checkout at the drugstore and they're like, can we get your email? And you feel obligated. So you give it to them. Yeah. And then you have over the years, you have hundreds of emails from them that you haven't dealt with or deleted. So, mm-hmm. you know, if an email comes in and you're like, I, I don't need to get this marketing from this company, you can just unsubscribe. It's like, go just scroll to the bottom, click it, and I'll unsubscribe you. It's one less thing to have to deal with. Absolutely. So true. Oh my goodness. Like there are so many emails I can get. Luckily, Gmail divides them sometimes. They divide them into three categories, but still you got to go through each category. (laughs) Make sure you delete all that spam as well. It, It takes up room in your inbox. So the next response we received was my workload This person says, I can't get everything done in one day. My home is decluttered, but my mind isn't. So my favorite form of clutter to talk about, mental clutter. So I was actually telling Lauren this earlier. Because Lauren's like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know what to work on. Remember (laughs) this morning, you're like, I don't know what to work on. I can work on this. I was like, Lauren, why don't you make some time on a Sunday to fill out your journal and, you know, make sure that again, as you said, you time block your day. So you know what you need to do. And she's like, Oh no, no, no. I know that you said, you know, you know that it's just, you know, I I get anxious about the things I'm working on. Should I be working on this? (laughs) But But my recommendation for this listener is keep a bullet journal an analog system or keep a digital, a digital system to help you manage your time every single day. That will really, really help with mental clutter. I really do believe so because you'll understand where you're spending your time. And within that time blocking, make time for you, make time for fun. As you said in our previous episode, Lauren, make time for leisure, make time to disconnect, make time to, you know, call a friend, go for a walk, grab a coffee, all these things that will help you feel better mentally. It's when we're strapped to our desks and we feel like we can't, we can't, we have to get all this done, but no, 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 no. We need to take our health is number one. We need to take a moment, whether that's our physical health or mental health. So, I mean, that's an area that we continually, we will continue to talk about on this podcast. So, you know, keep listening in. Uh, but for now, I, I, I suggest that. Also, I've been using the Pomodoro method, which we've discussed in the past. It's a way of managing your time. So it's setting a timer for 25 minute stretches of focus work with five minute breaks in between. So I'll go from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. with five minute breaks in between. Then I take a half an hour, hour break, and then I go back into it. That's really, really helpful. I think the idea of knowing, okay, I've accomplished this will help you mentally. 
And that way you, as you said, you laughed about it in, in a previous episode, Lauren, that way you don't have too much leisure time to get in your head. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> You're like, I'll worry about this later. I have to work on this right now. Yeah, exactly. Hey, I have a question for you, Kelly. Would you rather mental clutter or physical clutter? Oh, mental clutter. <laughs> I was sitting around looking at my place. I'm like, I'd rather be maybe like mentally at peace and have more stuff. <laughs> really? So yeah, I don't know. Wow. No, I, I definitely like coming. But the, the thing is, and this is so interesting because we dive deep into this in our podcast. It's like such different like the way you deal with them is so different for each because the way you have to go through your home and decide what you need. But then with mental clutter, it's learning to meditate and like get therapy or journal. Like it's like finding ways to manage both, which is really interesting. Yeah. I don't know which one I feel like I'm like, maybe it would be easier to just throw stuff out if, you know, I was always calm, but, <laughs> but then maybe having excess physical items would make you more anxious. I don't know. It's like a, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, arguably, I don't think that you would have physical excess if your mental space was clear. So that's what I would argue. Yeah, that's true. So I again, that's as, true. as TK would say, physical clutter is a manifestation of psychological clutter. It's when you're mentally cluttered is when you, you'll have more excess, more that you're clinging on to. So I would say I, you know, I, for me, it, having a clean space helps my mental clutter, you know, it helps me manage it. And, you know, I would love to throw that question at the minimalists. I think they would just say, you know, there's not one that's better than the other. They, they go together and, yeah. uh, we have to manage both constantly. It's, it requires constant maintenance, but I would say that the form of clutter that annoys me the most is definitely physical because it affects me mentally, which is interesting. Yet I have mental clutter, but I, I guess I found outlets for me to manage my mental clutter now. And I think, you know, meditation we talked about and you're meditating now, which is amazing. And yeah, so that's fascinating. But uh, hopefully, yeah. you know, if, yeah. if you if you are the listener who shared this question with us, uh, definitely send us the line. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, no, it's really good. My biggest thing for the workload too is I, I always try to separate my day to for what's most important to get done and then what I would like to get done too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, I understand people like I don't necessarily have a structured job in real estate. People might call me up last minute and be like, can I see this property this afternoon? And if they want to put in an offer, it could be five or six hours of showing the property and doing paperwork and negotiations. So there goes my entire day's plan. But, you know, depending on what it is, like getting up super early, working on the most important things first, prioritizing things, figuring out what's not serving you, how you can have less on your plate. Mm -hmm. And like I said, in the last one time blocking has really helped me too for the days that I can stick to it. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I want to add to this. So I used to use that line, that line. I can't get everything done in one day. There's not enough time in the day. There's not enough time in the day. So how I got over that was two things. Number one, I let go of certain things, let go of certain things that I thought were a priority that were not also certain hobbies that were taking up time from other hobbies that I enjoyed more. So I had to let go of them. Also making time to do the hard stuff, as you said, time blocking that stuff it'll allow you to challenge yourself to get those things done within that time frame. So if you don't have a time frame, you'll take six hours to do an assignment that maybe you could do in three hours. So try that. I highly recommend that. Yeah, no, definitely having good 
being able to pay attention to something can let and focus can help you get it done so much faster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the next response was basement storage. Oh, how do I manage basement storage? All that excess in the basement. Now, this is something that's probably relatable for a lot of you. Now, I recommend, so if you have a very messy basement, the first thing I recommend is going in the basement and purging all of the trash, all the stuff, all the little things that immediately, you know, this can be let go or this can be recycled, you know, excess papers, the old magazines, things like that. Just pick all that stuff up and get rid of that first. All the items that you know are trash right off the bat. And then I would suggest go through one section at a time so that you don't feel overwhelmed. So for example, in my parents' house, they have a living room area. Uh, My dad also has his office. We have a hallway leading to the office that houses a bunch of knickknacks. And then we've got this storage space full of golf stuff and boxes for camping and materials for wrapping presents and just everything you could imagine is in that storage. But as my mom would say, like 90% of it is stuff that we don't need and we never even touch and it's just collecting dust. So rather than going after everything, focus on one section. And my mom has actually been doing this right now. She's now retired. She's going through every section and it's amazing how much you can get done when you go section by section and just, just forget it. I'm like, mom doesn't, she doesn't want to think about the other room. It's like, I'm not going to think about that right now. I'm just going to focus on this room right now and uh, go through each item and figure out what you'd like to get rid of, what you'd like to sell create a donate and sell pile as well as a keep pile as well. And I really highly recommend having an accountability partner. If if two people can do it together, it makes a lot more fun. And again, they can keep you accountable so that you get rid of the stuff at a certain time frame. Oh, that's really good advice. It's good. Your mom's going through everything. Absolutely. I mean, I said, mom, you also have to enjoy your retirement, but she, she's so, she's so motivated to get it done. So oh, no, that's amazing. Okay. My biggest advice, number one, know what you have. If Mm. I have storage in a locker, if someone gave me a pen and a piece of paper right now, I bet you I could write out almost everything that's down there. (laughs) That's amazing. So like knowing what you actually have will stop you from buying things, like duplicating things. And it will help you become more aware of what you actually need to keep and what you use. My second point is see if you can use it. Like what's down in your basement? Is it clothes? Can you wear them? Like, can you bring them up and bring them into your wardrobe? Is it like, I don't know, a crock pot? Can you like find a recipe and make something in the crock pot? See if it's stuff that you can use and that is, would be of benefit to your life. And the best part of doing that is that if you're like, I hate a crock pot, I'm never home. I'm never going to cook something for eight hours. Then it brings that awareness to your life. And you're like, okay, I I don't need this. And now I know that I can get rid of it. Mm. And putting stuff in a, will you use it? Be like, okay, I have this. I'm going to give myself 12 weeks. If I can't use it in the next 12 weeks, I'm going to get rid of it or a year or however long you want to give yourself. But you know, figuring out what you actually have and seeing if you can actually use it will do wonders for the awareness of whether it's necessary in your life or not. Well said. You know, you're making me think of individual items in our basement. We have tons and tons of photo albums, baby albums, childhood albums, just everything. And as much as I love them, there's a way around that. Those take up so much space. It's like a, a huge shelf of multiple albums. And now 
you have the option to digitize all those photos. So that's an entire area that you could completely clear out. So that's another thing to think about. I'd also, like you said, Lauren, ask yourself those important questions. Is this item conducive to my lifestyle today? Your lifestyle might have changed. You probably don't need that crock pot anymore because you're not cooking as much or, you know, you have the, um, what is it called? The air fryer? (laughs) You have other tools now, so you don't need certain things. So just something to think about. No, for sure. Now, the next response was the smaller stuff that I sometimes need, but feels like clutter, like junk drawer things, this person (laughs) says. So as I said before, anything in a junk drawer is probably junk. Now, I know you, Lauren, you have what you call the everything box, which is very cool for just miscellaneous stuff. But this is what I recommend. I recommend going through it and think about what you actually use and what you can eliminate. You know, there's two things. There's things that are essential and those things that are not not, non-essential. Now, I'm curious, Lauren, what do you include in your miscellaneous box? Because I have one miscellaneous bin. It's in a small woven basket that I have in my kitchen in a small little compartment. I keep it there and it houses my journal, my daily journal. It houses the cords for my podcast mic because I don't need the cords sitting out connected to my mic. It houses my extra pair of eyeglasses because I'm blind (laughs) and my notebook and my laptop cover. So these are just kind of miscellaneous items. And then I keep my keys by my front door. But outside of that, that's that's everything. So that's, that's my, that's my form of my everything box, but you don't need a junk drawer. You only need two pens, maybe one. (laughs) Yeah. I comfortably live my life with only one pen and I'm still making it through. So yeah, I think there's like such a misconception that we just need all of this stuff. Like even the pens, it's like, you need 30 pens and all these post-it notes and all these tools and it adds up or there's like 45 different types of band-aids that you have. And, you know, it's like, it's, it's hard to pare it down, but yeah, in my miscellaneous box, you know, I have a screwdriver and my passport and a thing of band-aids and a bottle of Advil and just like random things that I do need sometimes, but I don't need them. I don't want to keep that stuff in my kitchen and I don't want to keep it in my closet. And I live in a condo and I don't have storage, much storage space. So it's nice to have that one little box, which just has random stuff that you do need, Mm -hmm. but you don't want to individually place it in different areas of your home. You can always go to it and know that it's there. Yeah. And yeah. And I think it's so important to even go through that bin and make sure that you're using everything. Because most of the things in our junk drawer, we're not actually using. So definitely, definitely go through it. Again, I don't think that junk drawers should exist. They shouldn't exist. No. (laughs) Because you shouldn't have any junk. (laughs) So the next response was living room clutter. And this will probably go into excess decor as well. Like I mentioned, remove knickknacks that clutter the space. And I highly recommend donating excess furniture, especially if they become worn and you know, if they're taking away your sense of calm in your space, right. You, you know, my family room is so simple. <laughs> it's so easy. You got one table, one couch and a, a light beside it. I mean, again, I'm one person, but I sometimes, you know, when you visit people's homes and some people have so many pieces of furniture and you're like, how often do you entertain? And it's like, never. It's like, 
why do you have so much stuff? So just ask yourself, does my lifestyle need all this excess furniture? And maybe it doesn't. And if it doesn't, definitely donate or sell it. Yeah. And the living room's one of those places where it's like, what are you doing? It You watch TV. So you need a couch and a television. Maybe you read a book. Maybe you entertain, but then you have people over. So yep. and you're talking to them. It's not like you're like playing with the trinkets on the table. No. And I don't know, maybe it's raining and you like do a puzzle. But besides these, these like actions that you actually carry out in a living room, Mm -hmm. the amount of stuff you need to do that it's so few. So don't use your living room as storage space, like use it as, you know, a place to enjoy and a place to spend time with your family and relax at the end of the day or, you know, read a book on a Sunday morning. So get the most out of that room and design it and such a way that it is a nice place to be in. Mm -hmm. There's nothing better than having a nice, calm, relaxing living space. It's the best. Oh, I know. If my place is a mess when I go to sleep, I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to wake up to this while I'm reading. So I try to always put everything away. (laughs) Oh yeah. That's actually a really good tip as well. So every day before I go to bed, I always have everything put away so that it's a new day when I wake up. It's so nice. It's really, really nice way to wake up. Yeah. I try to, I'm definitely more energetic in the morning, but even if I like come home from the weekend and I just like put my luggage, I leave it there and, or I'm like half unpacked. I'm like, Oh, I got to finish this or it's going to affect my morning. Yeah. You know, I, you know, for me, it's like, I don't even know how you do that for me. I like have to unpack immediately everything in its place. And then I go on with the rest of my day. <laughs> but I mean, if you arrive yeah, two in the morning, that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah. I always say to myself, I'm like, oh, I know Kelly's unpacked already. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm like a freak that way. (laughs) Okay. So the next response is unwanted gifts are the hardest for me. I, you know, this person doesn't want to feel the need to keep these items that they don't need or that are not conducive to their lifestyle. Now, many of your listeners have probably heard me say this before, but I truly believe that the gift is in the act of giving just giving the gift to someone is the gift. And so as a receiver, I truly believe that it's up to you what you want to do with it. The gift has already been given to you. It's just the receiving of whatever that is. And so I suggest being very grateful for whatever that item is. And then it's up to you to decide what you want to do it. You can sell it, you can donate it. I truly believe that. And I know it's harder sometimes, especially if it's, you know, a family member or something like that. And it's, this it's important to this family matter that you use this item, but they should understand, you know, this is not conducive to my lifestyle. Obviously don't say it in the moment, but you know, be gracious, say thank you so much. And then it's for you really to decide. I truly believe that I, you know, I have an example. I received something from a friend in the past and I was able to exchange it for something that, you know, matched my style a little bit better. And did I mention it to this person? No, but you know, I never felt like, oh my goodness, this person's going to see me with this thing and, or she's going to want to see me with this thing. And I don't have this thing. No, never happened. You know, sometimes we get in our head about it, but it's also really helpful to tell people in advance. I don't want a gift. Lauren and I tell each other this every year for, for our birthdays. We don't want gifts. Don't feel obligated, all these things. So that's, it's really helpful to communicate. Communication is key. And if they're not listening, then you got to put your foot down. Yeah. And people probably think we're minimalists. They're like, oh, they don't have anything. Like better buy them some clothes and stuff. 
<laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> no, I definitely get this. And you have to remember it's coming from a good place. Like people yeah. aren't like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? Like clutter up their home. <laughs> like what can I do to where are some knickknacks I can get them? You know, I think it's always coming from a place of love. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one of the things I do is try to find someone to give it to who I know would use it. Like if I, for example, bought my mom an air fryer and she didn't use it and she gave it to her friend and she was mm-hmm. like, my friend loves it and uses it every day. I would still be happy that someone's getting yeah. use out of it. Yeah. So I really think, or even just donating it, like there, there's someone out there who can find use in it. Like if you're not going to be thankful that someone loves you enough to get you something and to spend money on you and think of you, but pass it along to someone who is going to get enjoyment out of it. Mm, very well said. So now we're going into part two of our discussion. And we asked our listeners, do you have any questions about decluttering or organizing your closet? And Lauren, you are the master in this category. And the first response we received is, how can I avoid or stop bringing in more items after I declutter? And I immediately thought, well, you should review your closet and understand what you own and need. And especially if you pair your outfits together, you will have a better idea of what you need to add to your wardrobe, if any, right? You might not even need anything. So if you build a selection of outfits, you'll have a better idea of the accessories that you may need or the accessories that you don't need. So it'll help you make better decisions. Yeah, no, for sure. And I always stick to the four to five new items a year rule. (laughs) And that's give or take, but kind of at the change of season when it's starting to get warm, you know, is there like two or three new things I can bring in to update my wardrobe? Is there anything that's too worn to use this season? So giving yourself kind of that little bit of flexibility to really find those new items that you would love and would fit well in your wardrobe. And then you're not just endlessly shopping throughout Mm -hmm. the rest of the year. And yeah, like another thing is to just try to stay out of the malls and to stay off the websites. And it's hard because we're, I mean, social media, we just are exposed to so much stuff every single day. So it's hard to not click on that link. (laughs) And if something comes up and you really want it and it fits in great, but you know, maybe waiting till the next season and putting it on that want list, but as like a rule of thumb, four to five to stick with that every year, your closet probably isn't going to get cluttered because things are going to fade and you're going to need to get rid of them. Amazing. So now the next response we received is how can I deal with maybe items? And for those who aren't familiar with maybe items uh, in our decluttering e-guide, we share our method for decluttering and we recommend having a few piles. That is a keep pile, a donate and sell pile. Uh, as well as a maybe pile. And in the maybe pile, this is the pile that you're not so sure about yet. You can't make a decision on the spot. And so I always recommend placing these items in a box for 30 to 90 days, and then looking through those items and making decisions about each item uh, when you open that box again. Now, this can be stored in your storage space or in a wardrobe storage container. But I, I really do highly recommend that you ask yourselves questions during this process, such as, will I wear these items? Do they make me feel good? Highly recommend trying them on. Can someone else make better use of them? And yeah, making decisions about them will make it so much easier because you don't want to store away your keep items again and again and again. 
Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I definitely have maybe items like I have an extras bin I keep in my locker and you know, there's pieces that don't necessarily fit into an outfit, maybe don't fit me right now, or, you know, I still want to keep, I'm still thinking about it, but you know, I try to give myself a year, like even the top I'm wearing right now, when I bought it, Mm -hmm. I was like undecided. I didn't really wear it for a year. I bought it last fall. And this year I was like, you're either going to wear it and put it in your wardrobe or we're going to get rid of it. Like it's, Amazing. you have to make that decision. Yeah. So I, I would say, give yourself some time, like a set amount of time, try to wear it, try to put it in an outfit, but if it's just not working and after that allotted amount of time that you've given yourself, like it might, there's no point in keeping it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Agreed. Now, the next response received is, what clothing brands or stores do you recommend? And I'm actually curious what your response is going to be, Lauren. So for those that don't know me, (laughs) my entire wardrobe, so funny enough, my entire wardrobe is Aritzia or Lululemon or Aloe. Those are my favorite brands. I have a lot of sporty clothes as well. So I also love Club Monaco. So I'd add that to the list. Another sustainable brand that I own a few pieces from is Everlane. I have a coats from Patagonia and I have some t-shirts from Cotton. It's K-O-T-N. And in terms of footwear, I hear that Allbirds is amazing. I, I don't have a pair yet, but I hear it's pretty cool. They, we, I don't think we have an Allbirds in Canada, but uh, I saw a store in Boston. I remember going in. It was pretty cool. Oh, nice. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Aritzia and Club Monaco were definitely on my list. I love the brand Theory. It's very basic it's a little bit more expensive but a higher end brand and they're the basics that you'll have for like a decade and I've heard a lot of good things about Lily Silk oh, they've come up nice. a lot they have really nice pieces I've looked at their website so you know it's those things you eye to like bring in when you especially me I really try to not purchase more than a few items a year so it's like I really want to buy something that I think is so beautiful and that I love and will wear for years and another thing I think they asked in this question it's like you know I want clothes that last a long time and I actually teach this in the course but learning how to properly wash your clothes and take care of your clothes can significantly change how long that you can have them for Mm-hmm. Now, again, this is based on your time, but I do try to wash my clothes on delicate, hang them to dry and steam them. If it's like sweaters or stuff, you know, wear a top underneath and then get them dry cleaned or hand wash things that have sheer in them so that you're just taking proper care of them. Again, though, this is based on your time and your lifestyle. If you have kids or you're working full time, it might not be conducive to your lifestyle right now, but just being aware of, you know, how you take care of your clothes. And I highly recommend hanging your clothes to dry. You can buy little racks. It saves you a ton of energy, not having to run the dryer and it's a lot easier on your clothes. So those are my two big tips and the brands that I like. Awesome. So the next response we receive is what should I do with items that I use once a year, but still use? And this person doesn't want to see them 365 days a year, despite using them only once a year. So it's a very easy response for me. Store them in a garment bin in your closet or in a storage space. And understand, remember where that item is. So you should have a a specific area. These are my once a year wares. You know, I definitely have that in a garment bin in my closet. It's, I don't need to look at it every day, right? You know, this is something that I'm going to wear for this one occasion every year. But outside of that, it's not for me. 
Yeah, for sure. I have an extra spin too. And it's those off things. It's like the sequence dress you wear on New Year's, the snow pants you ski in the few mm-hmm. times you go, a sundress, like a bathing suit cover up. How often yes. are you using these items? It's so far and few between. You don't need to look at them every day. So yeah, having that extra spin where you keep those pieces that you still use, but just they're not your everyday items. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You know, and you would be surprised how many people in this world are looking at everything every single day. So this is, this is the problem that we're trying to solve and you're already, you're already solving with the closet course, Lauren. So it's awesome. The next response was how can I balance purging and also investing in new pieces? So this made me think, you know, you have a decluttering pile and you have a pile that's for donate or sell when it comes to selling the items you know, you can make money off of your pieces. And so for me, when I started decluttering, yeah, I was selling my items or I was donating them. And I felt like, okay, now I can buy new pieces. You know, I I made funds that I could spend against new stuff. And again, it's price per wear. So spend a little bit more for high quality pieces that will last you a very, very long time. And as you said earlier, Lauren, I'm actually starting to hang dry some of my clothes. I never did that before. I never had the patience. I was like, I'm just going to throw them in the dryer. It's fine. But you do notice a difference. The dryer does destroy clothes and even really high quality materials as well. So if if you can take the time or make the time, make, make it. Because uh, hang drying your clothes can make a world of a difference and help your your items last longer. Yeah. No, it's so interesting. And this is such a great question. And I've learned so much about this, just coaching people on their closets. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you do need new pieces to really bring your closet together. And, you know, getting those new pieces in and bringing in a new nice pair of jeans that fit you really well all of a sudden, all your sweaters look great with them and your tops look good so that you can get rid of all of the tops or jeans that you don't like and that you don't need mm-hmm. anymore. So it is interesting that sometimes you have to get more to get rid of all of the other stuff and really refine your wardrobe. So I understand why you feel that way. And investing in that nice dress or you know, that one or two nice dresses, all of a sudden those 10 mediocre dresses, you don't want them anymore because you have the couple that you do feel really good in. So it is an interesting concept, but yeah, it's, you know, refining your wardrobe down to what you really love and feel good in just makes it you so much more aware of all of the stuff that you don't feel good in. Yeah. You know, it's, Maybe someone, uh, even if a guy has, let's say, five pairs of trousers, but he doesn't like any of them. Actually, my dad yesterday, he arrived right before the event He and he goes, I'm wearing my black pants today. And I was like, oh, that's not bad. He's like, well, I wanted to wear jeans, but I don't have any jeans I like anymore. And I'm thinking, how many pairs do you have, dad? And he's like, I don't know. I have a lot. I don't like any of them anymore. And I'm thinking, well, you should donate or sell those pairs. It'll probably be donate because my dad likes to wear things till they're worn. So I'm like, you should get rid of those things and then buy this new pair. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I got to get to that. But imagine they were good quality. Imagine you could sell those 10 pairs And then you could buy two really nice ones that you love, right? It's amazing. For sure. And investing in those pieces stops you from overbuying indefinitely. Like you don't Mm -hmm. feel that need to do it anymore. It's like, oh, I have these beautiful pieces that I love and Mm -hmm. fit so well into my wardrobe. I don't need to go buy like a bunch of garbage. I kind of just like a little bit. 
Yeah, exactly. Just a few few high quality pieces that you love. Now, the next response I received is, what if you have too many clothes, but you wear them all? What if you wear all of these clothes that you have? You know, and this this individual says that they have lots of seasons where they live. So they live in a four season climate. So I highly recommend you go through everything and you eliminate your duplicate items. So you may wear them all, but do you really need them all? Something to think about. Maybe you can donate some of these items so that your closet feels less overwhelming, despite the fact that you wear all these items. You might have five of the same sweater, but you only really, really wear two of them often. And maybe other people in this world could benefit from some of your clothes. You know, you admit that you have way too many clothes. There are probably a lot of people out there that could really use those. So go through the items, see the, focus on those items that you really, really love and keep those and, and, you know, go through them and, and let go of those that you know that you can donate. Yeah. And, you know, Kelly and I have many seasons as well. And the good thing is if you are wearing your whole wardrobe, that's good. You're kind of ahead of the game that you're getting used out of everything. But again, I teach this in the class, but there's something called the 30 wear rule. So it's like you should wear each article of clothing at least 30 times, which statistically we're wearing it significantly less than that. So it's like you can have all of these clothes and wear them all. But if you're still bringing clothes in, there's no way you're going to be able to get the wears and the use out of them over the years if you just have that amount of clothing. And I highly recommend you know, if you like, if you're like a fashionista, you really like to wear a number of different outfits and always have something new. You can rent clothes, especially in the States. You guys have rent the runway. I have friends who have memberships there. You get a few new pieces a month and then you feel like you always have a new wardrobe without all the clutter and storage and, you know, having to deal with that. So I would question the amount of clothes you actually need and the amount of times that you're actually wearing them. I would also recommend pairing, piecing them into outfits as you recommend, Lauren. Yep. You know, what do you, how many outfits do you recommend for the average person? My golden number is about 20 outfits. Uh, you're only really wearing each outfit about twice a month or about 12 times a season if you live where there's warm and cold months. And then you have those few outfits for when you need to be dressed up or for formal occasions. So you know, if you have more than that, that's fine, give or take. But if you have 40 or 50 outfits, you said you live in multiple seasons. So yeah, you could have up to 40. But if you're really getting much more than that, it's also then you're getting into mental clutter. And it's like, how can you keep track of all of that? And remember all of that, even if you're photographing them, you're going to go through 70 photos in the morning trying to find an outfit. So just being mindful of you know, the amount of clothing that you have to manage and it's still there. It's still stuff. Like I said, you have to manage. So, you know, for what it's worth, it might be better to pare it down to the stuff you really love. Yeah. Very well said. Now for our last two responses versus what can I do with things I wear or use one to five times per year? So same as, same as before I mentioned, place them in a storage bin, but again, also be realistic. Are these pieces in line with your style today? Could someone else make more use of them? So that's my recommendation. I keep those in wardrobe storage bins above my clothes that are hung in my closet. 
That way they're easily reachable. If it's one to five times a year, yeah, I'd like to be able to reach them. I also don't have a storage locker like Lauren does. So I do keep those storage bins in my closet. Yeah, I didn't have a storage locker before when I lived at my old place and it's nice having one now, but then I have a whole nother person's stuff. So <laughs> it's yeah. definitely needed now. Like I said, with the question before, I just have an extra bin and I keep those random things that I wear the odd time in there because I still need them, but mm -hmm. I, I don't need them all the time. And I don't want to be looking at them all year. Yeah, no, it's such an eyesore. So the final response was, how can I begin to piece together specific outfits? Now, this is your forte, Lauren, so I will hand it off to you. Yes. So I actually just did my fall winter wardrobe and I get so excited going down and getting my fall winter bin and trying on all my outfits and photographing them and, you know, getting ready for the fall winter season and even finding my skating socks and my hat and just getting ready for the winter. I was like so excited to do it. But honestly, try on all your tops with all your bottoms. Try on everything with shoes, bags, coats. When you find an outfit you love and you feel good and you think looks good, take a picture of it mm. and do that until you have enough outfits that, you know, like I said, 20 is that golden number. There's a lot based on like your lifestyle and whether you work outside the home and how often you go out. I go over all of this in the course, but my biggest tip right now is to just start trying on your clothes and trying to get outfits that you like. Love that. That's so great. I mean, you help me so much. I love my outfits. I have a little album in my phone, as I mentioned before, and I just go through them every morning and it's easy decision-making. You know, I, I've memorized most of them now. So that's, that's been yeah. helpful too. You get to a point where you remember them. <laughs> yeah, which is fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, you know, another person, uh, I, I, she added a tip. She said, I have a little trick of having a little tote bag or little box in my room for things to donate. And another person responded, I don't have any questions for this section because I already took Lauren's course. <laughs> Oh, good. <laughs> that, was so uh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, to close, uh, it would be great if you could share more about your course and then I will share who our upcoming guest is. It's very exciting. Yeah. The course I'm still running it live. So you can check on our website, the dates, and then we have a pre-recorded one as well. And honestly, 99% of the people who have taken it have given us amazing feedback. They're so happy. I get emails every day saying, Oh, my husband made a comment about how dressed up I look and put together. I look and how they just open up their closet in the morning. And it's so much like it's more minimal and simple and it just helps with their mental health too. So it, it's so nice getting these emails. And, you know, I, I swear this method is, this is it. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm on to something with this. I've struggled with my wardrobe for so many years. And as a minimalist who struggles with their wardrobe, I did not just want to wear a black t-shirt and jeans every day. I, I love to dress up and it was definitely an area I needed to figure out. And, you know, if you want that pared down, refined wardrobe that you love and you feel good in every day, and you can have a casual style, you can have a corporate style, you can have a dressy style. It's really tailored to you. So yeah, I highly recommend checking out the course. I also do one-on-one -on -one coaching. If you want to go through your wardrobe specifically, I, we can make style edits and what to bring in and what to get rid of. So I love doing it. 
And if you have any questions, you can also reach out to us by email. That's awesome. Yeah. And also I want to add that in the link in the show notes, we have included a feedback survey for all of our listeners today. We want to gather more information on how much you're enjoying the podcast, some of the topics that are of interest to you, some things that maybe you want to learn more about with this lifestyle. And uh, we want to get more of your feedback on you know, how we're running the podcast in terms of the length of the podcast episodes, the one-on-ones, the guest interviews. So, and we also want to just learn more about you. And as a thank you for filling out our quick feedback survey, it should take you no longer than a couple of minutes. We are going to give one lucky winner a free complimentary one-on-one consultation with Lauren and myself for 30 minutes. Uh, so we can talk about anything that you're having difficulty with in your life, or if you just want to use the time to connect, we're open to that as well. But uh, thank you so much in advance to those of you who fill out the feedback survey. Again, it will be in the link in the show notes. And to close today, I want to let all of you know that in a couple of weeks, I will be interviewing the incredible Leo Babauta. I'm sure many of you have heard of him before. He's a famed top 25 simplicity blogger and a best-selling author. He has written so many books about simplicity, mindful living, and you can find his blog at zenhabits.net. And it's there. He writes about how to implement Zen habits into our lives so that we can find simplicity in the daily chaos of our lives, which, which we can all connect on. And in my discussion with Leo, we talk about how how to let go of unhealthy habits and how to create new, better habits that stick as well as much, much more. So stay tuned for that. I'm very excited to share it with everybody. And thank you so much again for listening. Thanks guys. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this second half of our one-on-one Q&A discussion. And if you found a lot of value in this episode, please share it in a story or send us a kind rating and review on iTunes or Spotify. And as mentioned, if you have a couple of minutes, please kindly complete our listener feedback survey, which you can find in the show notes for a chance to win a 30-minute simple living consultation with Lauren and me. We want to thank you in advance for filling this out as your responses help us improve the podcast and also further keep us motivated. And as always, you can find us on social media at Millennial Minimalist, and you can learn more about us, the podcast, and our closet decluttering course and other simple living classes on our website at mastersimplicity.com. And you can also find these quick links in the show notes. And stay tuned for our next episode releasing in two weeks where I speak with the incredible top 25 simplicity blogger and thought leader in habit change, the incredible Leo Babauta. So thanks again for listening and I will speak with you soon. Bye-bye.